Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Season Gaming Podcast. This is Ainsley Bowden. I'm going to be your host today, and I'm joined by Bert Sines, as usual. Uh, this is going to be episode nine, and we're going to be covering uh, the news across the industry like we always do, a new releases, what we've been playing. And then we're also going to touch on the biggest games coming this fall, which ones we think are going to kind of be the top sellers and which ones may get overlooked due to just the sheer number of releases that are coming later in the year. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. we got a lot to talk about as usual. So uh, as fall's kind of ramping up, you know, the news gets pretty heavy across the gaming industry. So uh, we were going to touch on the Super Nintendo Mini and how uh, kind of Nintendo is handling those pre-orders. And it seems as though some of the retailers are uh, now canceling some of the pre-orders for people that uh, thought they had one ready to go later this month. Um, so, Bert, I know you've been following this closely as kind of our resident Nintendo expert, if you will. Um, what's what's going on here with these Super Nintendo Minis? Yeah, so there's a couple weird things. So if you remember when uh, all the pre-orders happened, they all sold out in a few minutes, blah, blah, blah. And then the brick-and-mortar stores, they sold out really fast. Um, what we're seeing happening is it looks like there's going to be a back order as well from some of the retailers and if you had a pre-order. So kind of weird. You may have gone to the store, you may have gone online, but people are now getting emailed being told that their uh, SNES Classic is going to be delayed for about two to three weeks. Um, so kind of uncomfortable for people that were really excited for it and maybe had that pre-order. Um, I, I believe that if you are one of those people, you are emailed from one of those retailers. If you went to a brick and mortar like GameStop um, and did your pre-order from what we're hearing from the news there, you are being told that you're fine. Um, they did get specific allocations there. Um, and those stores got literally like four to five units for the entire store. Um, so that's kind of a good thing for those people. But for the people that did do the big stores, like your Walmart, your Targets, um, even Amazon to a certain extent, um, they may have overextended themselves on the uh, pre-order count as far as their allocation, which is causing a few people to get delayed for two to three weeks. So you're still going to get one um, that's not 100% being canceled, but it's just you're not getting it near that launch date of the 29th. Um, so a lot of people are kind of upset about that. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I'm one of those people that actually got an email from Amazon. So I got in there, um, got one pre-ordered, and I got an email. It's weird now because my Amazon account actually shows two. It shows one that's coming on launch day, and then it shows another one that will be delivery pending. You know, So I don't know if that's the one or if they put two orders. I have no idea. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we've both been kind of seeking these out. And I have some pre-orders in overseas for some uh, Famicom versions as well. So yeah, I think that's the best one. Yeah, yeah it, it looks better. Um, so I don't know. I I think a lot of us are kind of the play it by ear and just wait and see. Like the, Nintendo, as usual, with the situation hasn't been the best. And, um, you know, I guess everyone's just kind of up in the air to see whether they get one on the 29th or not. Yeah, and I just want to confirm one thing on that. So I, from what I understand, they are not 100% canceling the orders like, um, like tar was it, uh, no, it was Walmart. Walmart did the big issue back in July yeah, where yeah. everybody got in and then they all got cancellation emails. So there's not, from what I've heard, and maybe you've heard differently, that they're not 100% canceled. You're just not getting one on launch day. You're looking towards the middle or late part of October. Um, and so at the other thing that's crazy about this one is that despite Nintendo saying that there is going to be plenty of consoles or whatever, it's not looking like that's really the truth. Um, and then the other thing that's interesting about the SNES pre-order problem is that some stores did get a small allotment for pre-order and they're still going to have like two or three in person that are not part of the pre-order. So you're still going to see a lot of people standing outside of stores the morning of the 29th, hopefully getting one of those two to three units that exist in their uh, store that was not part of the pre-order. So we're seeing another huge mess from Nintendo. Um, 
one thing to keep in mind is this is only for 2017. Nintendo has already stated they are not going to be selling it past 2017, so you're going to have to get that in before January 1st, 2018. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. But you know what? Cuphead comes out on the same day, so I'm not even going to worry about it. Because that's yep, all hardest, important. hardest game around is what everybody's <laughs> saying. So we'll see if that's true. Yeah. Uh, a couple pieces of uh, Xbox-related news. So Microsoft announced that the launch Xbox One, the the one that's known as the the big guy, um, is no longer available for sale. They're ending production of that model, and they're going to strictly focus on the Xbox One S as the entry-level Xbox One going forward. And then, of course, the Xbox One X is coming uh, in November. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the Xbox One X Scorpio edition uh, went on pre-order or pre-sale since we last uh, did a bitcast. And supplies for that were supposed to last about a week, according to Microsoft, based on their kind of internal projections, excuse me. And it sold out uh, in less than a day. In fact, uh, many of the big retailers, Amazon and the like, uh, sold out in just a few hours. So I was lucky enough, I I won't actually say out loud that I have three of them pre-ordered. But... But um, I happen to be just in the right spot, I guess, and, and ready to go, you know, when they announced it. But uh, I know um, I know we're really, you know, kind of pumped about this. So I, I believe you got yours in as well, right, Bert? I did, yeah. I do have my Xbox One X pre-order at Brick and Mortar uh, GameStop. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And one thing I want to mention is Larry Herb has stated that there will be, I guess, a second uh, pre-order availability for the Xbox One X if you didn't get it, but it is not for the Scorpio edition. So it's it, kind of a different. They do look different from a hardware perspective. Um, that I, correct me if I'm wrong, but the outside is a little bit different um, from the way, like the texture of it. And you're obviously not going to see the Project Scorpio scripting on the controller and the console. Yeah, a little so bit of a, a difference there. Yeah. Yeah, it comes with uh, so yeah, it's got the Project Scorpio writing. It's got the different box, which looks like the original Xbox. Um, and then, yeah, it's got like yep. a gradient design that kind of um, comes across, you know, on the front of it and the side. So it is really neat looking. Um, but I, I think it's really cool. They did that service for the hardcore, you know, Xbox fans, the people who want to yep. get it right out of the gate. So I thought that was cool. And according to what they're saying is that if you want an Xbox One X um, this fall, you should be able to get one. So I, I guess we'll see what the demand is for that. But so far, so good. They uh, The demand for the Scorpio edition was far greater than they were anticipating. Yeah, and it is um, one thing I do want to clarify about the hardware when I mentioned that. It's just the external hardware. The internals, the you know, the CPU and the video cards and all that is still the same between them. You're just getting a, a different look to it and that it does have to be a, uh, happens to be a huge demand for them. So really cool that they stuck with that name. I actually wish they would have stuck with Scorpio in general instead of the uh, X1X. But yeah. um, it works, you know, we'll see, how that, we'll see what happens. I can't wait to get my hands on it right around the corner. Yeah, I was I was actually I don't want to stay on this too long, but I was talking with someone the other day. I can't remember who now, but we were saying, has there ever been a, a video game console code name that's actually ended up on the uh, the production version? I, I couldn't think of one um, going way back. So I, I don't know if there's one that I'm unaware of. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know of any. No, I wish Nintendo would have stuck with the dolphin. What <laughs> 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 that was about, but dolphin. Yeah, uh, whatever. Nintendo, and we'll uh, we'll move on. Um, (laughs) So uh, one more piece of Xbox news. So Mike Yabarro, who's the head of uh, platform development, he's um, uh, the guy who's usually commenting on Xbox Live features, the UI, etc. He was asked at a panel at PAX West, again, about keyboard and mouse support, especially now that uh, PUBG is coming to Xbox, supposedly, you know, later this year. 
And he said it is coming. It's coming soon, and it'll be up to developers and how they want to support that. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about cross-play between PC and Xbox. Games like Gears are already doing it. Um, they want to do the same with PUBG, but of course, there's always the conversation of the competitive nature of the mouse versus a controller player that always comes up. So it be interesting to see how they implement this. I really hope that they're, uh, it seems like they're take, putting a lot of thought into it to make sure that, um, you know, there's really no imbalance there. So we'll see how that is. But I think with Path of Exile just releasing, PUBG coming, games like Halo Wars, possibly Age of Empires has been rumored. Um, it just makes sense for uh, Xbox to finally support uh, keyboard and mouse. Right, and one thing I do want to clarify about keyboard and mouse on console is that it does exist for the PS4. You hear this conversation a few times, but they have the same model. So it's not a simply universal keyboard and mouse feature that you can just take on, you know, Battlefield or Call of Duty tomorrow on it. It's only going to work on specific software um, for Sony, um, and you can do a few things with it that you can't do on the Xbox One X. However, uh, there is a third-party peripheral that you can purchase, and it'll actually allow you to do keyboard and mouse on the Xbox One. Um, I don't think that that's something that is really, um, you know, financially beneficial to, to users. But if you are, you know, just specifically have to do keyboard and mouse, the option is out there. It's just not Xbox One supported as far as their uh, OS goes. So keep that in mind. It, it might be something important to you. Um, I will try to remember the name. I can't remember the third it's, party. Uh, it's uh, XIM, I believe. Yes, yes, XIM, because I've seen the peripheral, and it is it is north of $150, by the way. So it's not something that's affordable that you go pay, you know, 20 bucks and you just plug it in the USB and it works. Um, but it does exist. It's just not for everybody. Uh, I'll wait personally for the Xbox availability for it. Yeah, and I'm, I, I've, I, the only reason I knew that is because I play Halo with, you know, you, we have a good buddy we play Halo oh, with yeah. that uses keyboard and mouse on Halo 5 on the Xbox. Um, so it, it does work if you want to do that. Um, I'm not a big keyboard and mouse guy. Uh, we won't even get into that discussion, but I think it would be beneficial for games like, uh, you know, real-time strategy games and, and games of that nature. So more options is better for more players. So that's what we kind of always agree on. Yeah, it just never doesn't feel natural anymore. I think once you spend time on a controller, going back to a keyboard and mouse, on top of if you work in the, like, corporate industry, you're in front of a keyboard and mouse all day long, I just can't uh, spend that much time on it without going crazy. But there you have it. Yeah. So the uh, <clears throat> CD Projekt Red, uh, which has kind of broken all sorts of uh, records, uh, both internally and externally with uh, Witcher 3, uh, they celebrated the 10th 10-year anniversary of the Witcher franchise in video games uh, last week, and they, they did a panel at PAX West about it and kind of discussed it with their fans, and they released a pretty cool uh, like two, two-and-a-half-minute trailer uh, celebrating the 10 years of the, the Witcher franchise as well. So if you like The Witcher and you haven't seen that, um, it's out there. I believe uh, we put the videos up on our site, so if you want to check them out, and if you want to find that panel, like I said, you can find that as well, but pretty neat, uh, pr pretty neat news. Kind of why I'm wearing the Witcher shirt and got the Witcher stuff here today. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Bethesda had uh, announced that, and um, we probably should have kept this under the rumors thing, um, but Bethesda vice president had made a comment that they still had an unannounced game coming in 2017, which kind of lit the uh, internet ablaze because, uh, you know, and here we are in September, we figured we knew all the games that were coming in the fall. Um, but that turns out, I believe, Bert, correct me if I'm wrong, that turns out to be... Uh, Kind of false. He he, kind of took that back. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if he was even trolling people or what was happening, but um, he did have a subsequent response on Twitter saying that, I don't know if he hit his head or got up on the wrong side of the bed one morning <laughs> or something. It was really weird. Um, and that supposedly closed the door on that. And I I have no idea how Bethesda could keep a secret that big with only you know three to four months left in the year of a big release title for them coming out. Because if you remember them at E3, they had a massive presentation with what's coming out in 2017. I don't know what that, I don't even know what it would be to be honest. Yeah, people assumed yeah. it was going to be like an iOS game or Android, you know, like a phone game, but uh, that just simply for the reason that no other AAA title would obviously be coming at this point in time in 2017 without us knowing about it. So um, either way, we'll see. But I, I, I'm pretty sure, like as you said, he confirmed that that's not true. So we'll just move on. Uh, one of the unexpected big pieces of news, it's not a new AAA game, but a big re-release, is Rockstar came out and surprised everyone, saying that L.A. Noir is coming to uh, modern systems, including the Switch, and they're also developing a special version of uh, some case files from L.A. Noir for the HTC, HTC Vive, excuse me, in uh, virtual reality. So this um, this was a huge piece of news this week and very exciting for me. I think if you remember just a few bitcasts ago, uh, I used L.A. Noir as my season reflection game because I love the game so much, and I've been waiting for it to come to backwards compatibility, but this uh, kind of does it even one better. So... It's coming on November 14th. Um, as I said, it's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and the Switch. It's going to have some unique Switch functionality as well. It's going to use the HD rumble and gyroscope and touchscreen. And then uh, on the PS4 and Xbox, it's going to take advantage of the Pro and the Xbox One X with 4K support and uh, you know higher assets and probably a whole bunch of other niceties. So this was uh, this was a nice surprise this week. Yeah, I can't even wait for that one. It's going to be great. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be pretty fancy when it comes to the Switch. It's for people that have only stuck with Nintendo and they haven't touched Xbox 360, PS3, or even PC, and it's coming to the Switch, they're going to get their hands on this great game. And it's one of it's both of one of our both favorite games from last generation. And it now makes sense why it didn't come to backwards compatibility. So a lot of people think that it's up to Microsoft to choose, you know, what comes backwards compatibility. It's actually the, the publisher slash developers that get to choose that. So now we know why it's been kept off. Um, and it's coming in this new remastered form. I guess it's a remaster, right? It's not technically a remake. No, um, they said yeah. they said it's uh, <laughs> got a, a visit from my cat here. Um, yeah. Apologies. <laughs> yeah, it is a remaster. Um, yep. Yeah, not a full remake. It, it does include all the DLC, but it's nothing uh, nothing new per se. It's just touch ups. So, but I am right. looking forward to it. That's a week after the Xbox One X comes out, so I am looking forward to seeing what that looks like on that. Yep. So while you take care of your cat over there, I, I, got, I, got, I got some uh, pretty fun news, or I guess kind of fun, and, and depending on how you view censorship, but Malaysia has got kind of an interesting story that they had to deal with with, with Steam. So there's a game that came out recently, uh, <laughs> just meowing away over there. Um, <laughs> it just sounds funny. There's there's a game called Fight of the Gods, and um, this is not a AAA, you know, you know, something released from some big developer, but it it, it pits up different gods for uh, against other gods. And anytime you put Jesus <laughs> in a game, you know, people lose their minds because um, obviously he's the latest god that's you know people are into i guess you could say and they have him against like buddha and stuff in the game and it, it is a fighter it's not like some rpg and he comes up and has fists of, of metal and stuff and malaysia got really upset and they said that it was causing a lot of issues um, <laughs> in their community that jesus could fight buddha 
Um, I don't even know what to say about this one. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it alone on certain uh, levels of it, but it is kind of ridiculous. So Malaysia came back and said that if, if Valve does not release this from Steam, um, that they will block the DNS. And Valve kind of ignored them. They didn't think they were going to do it, and they did. They ended up blocking the DNS. And instead of just blocking stuff for that specific game, uh, game they blocked all of Steam. And so Steam uh, went in and they ended up blocking the DNS just for the game and Malaysia has since um, unblocked the DNS for Steam. So there was workarounds for people that are you know, computer literate and they do know kind of the advanced stuff on how to do that via VPN. Um, but it is back uh, and you can get on. So that was kind of some interesting news this week. It's kind of weird for an entire country uh, to block a, some computer software to come through, but that's, that's the story on that one. Go Malaysia, I, I guess, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to say about that. It's kind of scary in a way, right? Because it just shows you how quickly something that you live with on a daily basis can just be taken away. Um, right. As we rely on all this technology and digital licensing and everything, you know, it can just be in a, in a blink of an instant can be, you have no access to it. So it's kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> but that, that, I have no other comment on that story. Um, yeah. That's kind of just bizarre and funny at yeah. the same time. And since we're broadcasting, I can't show you the footage, but I will have footage for people watching the video. You can see Jesus, Terra Buddha, <laughs> on this footage. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things ever. I personally have never seen a game with a fighting Jesus. Um, so now you can see it. Uh, you, it. I hope you find it as funny as we do. But um, yeah, I'm, ac I'm actually surprised it, it didn't catch more news over here. With you know anything yeah. Jesus related over here is uh, you know is usually right at the head of the. Uh, head of the news headline, so I don't know. All right. <laughs> so um, PUBG or Battlegrounds, touched on it earlier. Um, this is, you know, the kind of biggest conversation in gaming right now. It continues to break records. Uh, it is just catching more and more momentum as time goes on. It's past 10 million units sold. It's not even out of preview yet or beta. You know, they're still working on it. It also just passed 1 million concurrent players on Steam, a new record for Steam, and it's kind of blown away even Dota 2 and the and uh, CSGO and those games that have dominated the charts for years now. So I, I honestly don't know where this kind of train stops. It just, every time people think it's kind of hit its peak, it just keeps going, and it hasn't even released on a single console yet. So it is coming to the Xbox platform later this year, they keep saying, late 2017. People are assuming December because it probably needs a few months worth of work yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I haven't personally played it yet, which I'm kind of ashamed to say. People get try, keep trying to get me to play it, but I just, I'm holding out. I'm playing other things. I'm holding out for the Xbox version. Um, again, because I, I'm not good with a keyboard and mouse and trying to play on a PC with a controller versus all of those other players, I'll just get crushed. Um, so I'm kind of waiting, but um, this is uh, this is the the hot thing in the industry right now. Yeah, one of the funny things about that is too is uh, Rare from Microsoft Studios um, <clears throat> is going to be working with the developers at um, what's the developer Blue Blue Hole uh, Blue Hole um, on some of the technology that's in the game, so it runs better on Xbox One um, and Xbox One X as well. So they're sharing technologies. It's not a complete partnership, but that was some of the news on it as well. People have been wondering what's happened to Rare since you know their golden era. Uh, so they're still there. They're just working on other software, um, and they are going to be helping the PUBG folks. Yeah, it's uh, they, they did come out because they keep getting asked, of course, around a PlayStation version. And uh, they actually came out and spoke out pretty heavily about it this week and said that they're uh, partnering with Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft is actually uh, providing support and development staff 
to uh, work on the Xbox version in Korea and um, one other country I forget. But it sounds like the the relationship there is a lot kind of stronger or bigger than people thought. They thought you know uh, Blue Hole was just bringing the game to Xbox. That's not really the case. It sounds like Microsoft is really kind of uh, pushing to make that partnership solid. So I wouldn't you know it sounds like they made it sound like a PlayStation version is a long ways off. Um, yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see how this develops because obviously if you're Microsoft and you're seeing the success this game is having and the, the level of support that Microsoft uh, can obviously offer this company in Bluehole, it's going to be interesting to see. It wouldn't surprise me, of course, to see Microsoft make a bid or, or an attempt to kind of keep this exclusive or, or part right. of their platform. So we'll see. Yeah, and we haven't seen that this is officially exclusive as, as you're mentioning now, but it that to, the, to your point, there's a high chance that it is going to become exclusive to Microsoft systems. So whether it be, you know, uh, just Xbox One X and maybe some st extra abilities with PC that you'll get to get and use the, um, I guess, the environments of uh, Windows. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, um, like I said, it has not been set officially. It's not coming to Sony, but they just don't have the resources now. So I don't see it in the near future either. Yeah. And then lastly on the news front, uh, a great piece of news for me because I love the games to death is that finally we have full confirmation that Borderlands 3 is in full development. So um, Randy Pitchford said that about 90% of Gearbox is working on it. Gearbox is a huge studio, over 300 people with some little uh, kind of smaller studios helping them out. So um we haven't seen anything from it yet, but you know, word's starting to trickle out. They're in full development, so it won't surprise me if we see something from Borderlands 3 next year. Maybe at E3 it gets revealed, um, but man, I, I can't wait. I, I hope they just take Borderlands 2 and go even further with the loot and the character building and everything else. Um, it's going to be great to see it running on systems like uh, Xbox One X and PC, PS4 Pro and PC. Yeah, I think if I was to forecast what will be the big game for E3 of uh, 2018, I think Borderlands will be up there um, with, with one of the biggest, you know, God of War again for the, what is this, the third year in a row that they're going to be there? Um, oh, we'll see. Then, it's supposed to release before E3 next year, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking another delay is coming, but... <laughs> And and you already know what the biggest E3 game is, Halo 6. There's We don't have to talk about it. We know what it is. Yep, I have it. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move on to uh, just one piece of developer kind of related news that we had this week or this big cast, and that is that Blizzard, so one of the uh, you know largest developers in the world, um, they are opening their own esports arena in California and Burbank, um, <laughs> aptly named the Blizzard Arena, and it's actually opening a month from now. So next uh, next month, October seventh, they're going to have an Overwatch uh, tournament there from the let me check here the Contenders Season One playoffs. And then the following week, they're going to do a, um, a Hearthstone championship as well, based uh, on the summer tour, I believe, that were, they were doing. So, you know, we we touched on this before. We've talked about it. I actually put quite a bit of esports info in an article I wrote on the site a while ago on the golden age of gaming. And esports is just, it's exploding. It's huge in companies and Asian nations, you know, Japan, Korea. But it's, whether you realize it or not, it's growing. Um, and it's growing fast. So... I think this is just the first of many things like this we're going to see in the coming years. Another thing that's kind of interesting is I think even ESPN signed a deal with um, some, I can't remember which company, but they have like their own esports broadcasting. I've actually watched uh, a Halo tournament on ESPN once um, yep. that they were having. So esports is just becoming massive. And if you think about the, the world audience of like a Dota tournament, it's a lot bigger than things of like, you know, boxing match. They may, the Mayweather, 
uh, McGregor fight or the Super Bowl or things like that, you, you can just open it up to a bigger audience. And I think they're already doing tournaments for FIFA. Um, so it's going to get pretty massive. And I would, I would see esports becoming even bigger and bigger as, as time moves. A big deal there. Yeah, it's, it's growing exponentially. And uh, even the uh, pro sports teams. So I know uh, we put some articles up a while ago, like the 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers, they sponsored an esports team and, and that started the ball rolling. So there's other uh, professional sports teams in our major four sports here in America that are now buying uh, esports teams or sponsoring esports teams. So um, yes. it's only a matter of time. It's going to be kind of, I would say, in my, you know, just bullshit opinion i think in the next five ten years it'll be it'll be part of a normal conversation of competitive you know when you're talking about competitive things that you talk about esports yeah i caught that pun by the way that was pretty good uh, <laughs> uh, another thing i want to mention is epl teams for soccer or football depending on where you're listening from um they have their own teams as well um i, I know that they were having a fifa tournament and i can't remember i think it was manchester city um they have their own players that are at technically a Manchester City employee um, and all they do is play FIFA that's that's their job that's the it's one they a, have there yeah. it's not a bad job yeah although I'd pick a game different than FIFA but uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's move on uh, let's move on to rumors and kind of knock some of the things out that, that people hear about that aren't necessarily true um, you know we like to kind of take all the rumors that are kind of spread across different websites and social media and then do the research on them for you guys to let you know if uh, if this is something you should even worry about um, usually it's not so um, <clears throat> one of the first things we saw here, and Bert, you may know more about this again than I, is that uh, the Switch, Nintendo Switch, may have VR support in the future um, due to something they found, uh, someone found in some source code, but it, it seemed kind of unbelievable. Yeah, so if, if you just think about um, the hardware of the Switch and kind of what's been needed for your Oculus and your HTC Vive and, and PSVR, you need a lot more horsepower to, to run proper VR. Uh, and what happened is one of these uh, developers slash hackers that does their own work as well got into the source code of the Switch, and they did see a whole bunch of files that didn't mention VR. Uh, Nintendo has never said anything whatsoever about, yeah, VR is coming or it's in our plans, but they recently, Reggie, you know, the uh, has come out and said that VR is not in the foreseeable future for the Switch. So that actually has been debunked as uh, simply someone that found something, they kind of ran with it um, just based on research. Now, this does happen in the past when people look at patents and stuff, and then they look at that, or maybe some kind of a statement that someone at a specific company has said. But this isn't necessarily fake news. It's more of a rumor, um, and it's a rumor that started based on someone finding something. But it has been, I guess you'd call it debunked, or it has been confirmed that it is not um, coming to the Switch in the foreseeable future. That doesn't really um, uh, depend on how long were the Switch is going to be in the life cycle of the Switch. So if we're looking at the Switch looking four to five years from now, maybe. Um, there's also been rumors of a stronger Switch coming out with a stronger hardware and, and better expansion packs in one to two years. If that happens, maybe VR maybe something that uh, Nintendo is going to be looking into, but at the current moment, it is not. So currently, rumor that's been turned out to be not true. Yeah, and I, you know, I have to wonder, because this rumor came out just a short while, like a week before the L.A. Noir news. And with L.A. Noir um, not being known about, and now uh, now that we know about it, it's coming to the Switch, and it has VR support for the HTC Vive. I'm starting to wonder if whoever this guy is that was looking at these documents stumbled upon something about L.A. Noir and mistook the uh, the VR information as Switch-related. So, Very possible, yeah. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> 
Bethesda, this was what, about two weeks ago when the Game of Thrones uh, finale was going on for season seven, but uh, it, there was a leak that Bethesda was going to make a Game of Thrones game, you know, in the vein of Skyrim or something of that nature. And uh, I believe that turned out to be uh, false as well. They did confirm that, correct? That is correct. Yeah, that, that I think that was more of um, something that people wanted more than anything. Uh, there <laughs> yeah. had been a lot of talks. What this initially came from was, I believe it was Toys R Us or Target. No, it's Target. I can confirm that it was Target. They did have a listing on their website that did say Bethesda Game of Thrones game. And it it did turn out to be not true that someone made up the Target background and made up the website and everything that it, Target never did such a thing. So there's no game coming from Bethesda. And this was also seen as um, it, when you added in the news of the uh, the guy at uh, Bethesda saying, hey, we have a game that's not released or announced yet. This is it. They kind of mixed in with each other. And a lot of people thought that it was actually coming. It is rumor is and is once again, not true. So don't get your hopes up if you were thinking about that. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool to think about, but uh, yeah. That's a shame. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> sorry, uh, <laughs> American McGee uh, mentioned on Twitter, I believe, uh, that he wanted to make a uh, another Alice game. So, uh, if you remember, kind of the horror-based Alice in Wonderland games that that were made, and they're they're going back quite a ways now. But he was kind of, I think, he was more testing the waters than anything around seeing the response, uh, you know, to, to if people would want something like that. Because I remember seeing something on Twitter about it. I don't know if you saw any other information on this. Yeah. So the thing is, is he's pretty much pitching the idea um, to pretty much make a third and by the way this is my most regretted not played game of last generation so i love the first one there was a second one that came out and it actually still goes for north of 30 dollars like at your game stops or even on amazon or ebay that's still kind of going for pretty pretty high dollar when you look at last generation so a lot of people got super excited a lot of people love the art style um, of the game and there's even books of just art from American Mickey's game. So if you haven't played that one and maybe still have these old consoles, you should check it out. And hopefully a third gets made for the current generation because I can't even imagine playing that game on a PS4 or Xbox One. It, it's going to be awesome if it does come. It, it's got an amazing story and, and art style. Cool. And then lastly on the rumor front, um, there was uh, another kind of response on Twitter, uh, just a small thing, but uh, mentioned Bayonetta 3. So, you know, Bayonetta as a series is kind of beloved. Um, Bayonetta 1 and 2, just really, really uh, high critical acclaim. So I know there's a, a large group of people that would love to see Bayonetta 3. Uh, I know you liked them, Bert. I, I mentioned before I hadn't actually played them, sadly. So um, I'm sure you'd be pretty pumped about this. Yeah, so the big story on this one was the uh, just a normal fan, not someone in particular. They did kind of uh, ping the director on Twitter about this and said, "Hey, how about how about the stuff that was left as a, a, a of a cliffhanger from Bayonetta two? Um, and with Bayonetta two now being on PC and Bayonetta one being on PC and all this stuff currently being out, the director did respond and say, "Well, I guess you're going to have to wait for Bayonetta three uh, to kind of find out about that." So this is um, not a hundred percent confirmed by any publisher, any developer that it is in the works or anything. It might be super under wraps, but the director of Bayonetta two did mention that Bayonetta three is kind of coming via a tease there. Um, so we're not really sure if this is 100% rumor that is not true or if it's confirmed. Either way, we haven't heard anything 100%. But if you are following this closely, just keep in mind it's still in the middle somewhere. It's not really true or not yet. Very good. And that's all we had for the, uh, the rumors and fake news or what have you. So let's, uh, why don't we move on to new releases and currently playing because I know we've got a lot of things to talk about there. So first, why don't we talk about uh, the new releases that kind of just came out. So... 
kind of have to start with it. Um, Destiny 2 is is the major one, of course. Um, my son, I think, is playing it upstairs as we record this. So, uh, And I know millions of people around the world are playing it, enjoying it. Um, I haven't personally played it yet, so I can't really comment too much about it. From everything I've seen and heard, uh, the story's quite good. The cinematics are much better. You know, that, that whole criticism of Destiny 1 not really having a good story, which it didn't, obviously. Um, but Destiny 2 seems to have fixed that. And, uh, and then, you know, people just kind of getting into the strikes and the nightfalls and all the same stuff that they uh, used to talk about with Destiny 1. So, the like I said, I haven't played it, so I can't pass judgment on it. But I think the statement I've heard that may resonate with a lot of people is, if you enjoyed Destiny 1, you enjoyed the gunplay, and you enjoyed your experience with Destiny 1, you'll like Destiny 2. Um, but they said if you didn't enjoy Destiny 1 or you're one of the people who got burned out on Destiny 1 and doing kind of the repetitive nature once you got through the, uh, the missions, um, Destiny 2 is not going to change your mind. And so that's kind of part of the reason I've held off in playing it just yet. Uh, we'll see if that changes soon. But, Bird, I'm not sure if you started playing it either, did you? I'm not playing it, and I will stay away from Destiny 2 until the first update is done. <laughs> um, as, we, as we remember Destiny 1, we both spent a ton of time in it, and then they came in and made their first massive update and pretty much did everything that we did pretty much moot. So um, we'll see. And I, I've heard many people and, and respected reviewers say this is not Destiny 2, but it's Destiny 1.5. And what that kind of initially was to me was I thought 1.5 was all the DLC that came through. Um, from the first one, from compared to the base game, the DLC was supposed to make it a better game, and it turns out it didn't. It just kind of extend the story and added different things. And uh, we're not looking at any massive hardware, or sorry, software changes from the hardware pushing more. Um, and obviously, if you're a console player, you're going to be capped to 30 frames per second, and it's kind of unfortunate too, because if you are playing on the PS4 Pro, uh, they are having a lot of crashing issues, and those have not been fixed yet since launch. You're still running into a lot of areas of the game that'll literally freeze on you and you have to restart the game. Um, you have other people that are literally playing through, and then it just, the system just crashes back to uh, the start screen um, of, of the, the, the PlayStation. Um, so we'll see. And then with Xbox One X not out yet, if you're planning on getting that better experience, obviously the X One X is not out yet, so you have to wait another month and a half. So I, I'm holding off now. There's too much backlog for me and too much games just this month and next month um, for me to wrap up to, and I'll wait. So I'm, I'm just not there yet. Yeah, I'm the same boat. I think uh, I want to kind of let them get through launch. The first DLC or the first expansion as part of the pass or whatever you want to call it, the expansion pass has already kind of been leaked in, in details. And uh, it doesn't look too extensive, you know, very similar to probably what we saw with Destiny 1 as well. So um, I don't really um, like the trajectory I'm kind of seeing for, you know, for the game right now. So I'll probably wait until next year when, uh, you know, you can kind of buy all the content and, and just go through it at that time. I think that'll probably be best for me personally. Right. And, um, the, and the grind still exists is one thing I do want to mention. Um, there's, there's more story. Uh, a lot of people are now complaining that the end game, I guess, once you fully level up and you finish the story, what do you do after that? Um, and it's still a pretty big grind from what a lot of people are saying. And that was kind of the, the phrase that a lot of people didn't like on one of the forums we were on in the past. They didn't like the grind being mentioned, but it's it was strong in the last one, and it's it's just as strongly there. So, yeah. Whatever. All right. And then, uh, well, one other thing we were going to comment on that, too, is about shaders. So apparently in this one, in Destiny 2, shaders are actually a consumable item. So unlike Destiny 1, where you'd kind of either buy it or unlock it and just use it whenever you want, 
uh, when you take it off on Destiny 2, from what I've read now, you can keep me honest here, um, but you lose it. And according to Luke Smith at Bungie, that is by design. So uh, I have a statement here. He basically said that um, players are still early. They will earn more and more of them as they continue to play, especially once they reach max level. And they will off be offering different shaders uh, based on different locations and missions, missions as well, excuse me. And that he he and Bungie want to hear from people that, hey, they want to rerun this raid or Nightfall to get different loot and shaders. So, um, I again, no experience with it, but just from the outside looking in, um, that's just a bad decision. You know, shaders yeah. are part of the personalization of your guardian or your character, um, basically in any game, right? Uh, you, you can customize your coloring in those RPG-like games. And to say that once, you know, say I get like one I would love, which would be, black and gray and blue or something and i'd say oh my guy looks awesome um but then i want to experiment with some other ones to lose that one i had previously just seems bizarre to me i i honestly can't think of another game that gives you a customization option that you would then lose and not be able to use again right and i think what happened is in destiny one when you it was really hard to get some of the really cool sh shaders so you'd spend forever getting that one shader and uh, you can use it across different things. And so now that that's gone, I think what they're trying to combat the response on is that there's more shaders than that there was in Destiny 1, so don't freak out on it. But, you know, when you have that experience and people have put literally thousands of hours on the first one and now they're getting burned right at the start of Destiny 2, a lot of people are going to be pretty much, you know, outraged on it. That's what we're seeing. Yeah, I, I if I had to bet right now, I'd say that's something that changes again uh, in the coming months. That'll be mm -hmm. different in the future. All right, so let's move on from Destiny 2. Uh, so the other, you know, gigantic sequel, major blockbuster that uh, it's probably already sold 5 to 10 million copies. Um, and I know you've bought a couple yourself. Uh, Knack 2, you know, I mean, I don't... <laughs> the sequel no I, one wanted, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's a sh it's a shame to say, and I, I never like making fun of games, well, that don't deserve it. And, you know, Knack may not deserve it. Um, Supposedly, this game is better than the first one. It's gotten better reviews than the first one. Still not great reviews, but, you know, uh, improvements. And, um, you know, it was good to see them stick with it. it. It's good to see that it's a better game, probably a deeper game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I think even, you know, I've seen even kind of PlayStation-dedicated podcasts talk about who was asking for this game. Like, I, I don't. I don't know what Sony's goal with it is, but it'll be interesting to see how it sells because I... I I have to imagine the first one only sold mostly because it was kind of like a tech demo and a launch game for PlayStation 4. It it didn't get very good reviews at all, and people didn't seem to enjoy it. So I I guess we'll have to see how this one ends up. Yeah, and, and kind of goes that old term, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig, and uh, <laughs> it changes. I mean, the funny thing is all the review, like, taglines for this game that I see is a lot better than the first, but still not a great game. So it kind of makes you wonder how bad was the first one to where people hated it? And, and that, and you're going to correct me here or not, maybe, but it was an official launch title. Um, it, was. And, yes, it was. It was an official launch title. <laughs> and it was not a good launch title. And we don't expect, you know, amazing experiences from launch titles. We expect a little bit. Um, but this one did fix a lot of the complaints. And we're still playing a game that was not very well received. And it's kind of a funny thing in general. Um, another funny thing is, I, I can't remember his name now, but the, 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 the studio director is the guy that, talked about the ps4 pro um mark, PS4 mark, pro. Uh, mark cerny mark cerny and so this is his studio um 
And from that point, he did talk, if you remember his face for people that don't know Mark Cerny, he was the guy with the real smooth voice talking about the PS4 Pro <laughs> where he almost like put you to sleep, like it was like a lullaby almost. And uh, so the PS4 Pro does look pretty good here with this game. So if you have one of those, you know, check it out for that. Um, but once you finish the game, the story is only, I think, 10 hours long. There's not really much else to do. Um, and they still missed on a lot from the first one. So we'll see if there's a Knack 3. <laughs> um, maybe it'll be bundled Stop with it. a PS4 Pro or something. I don't know. But <laughs> PS, I wonder if it, PS5 launch title. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I don't know if Sony just has so much invested into this that they have to keep pumping out titles for it. I don't know. But to, like I said before, I don't know if there was a huge demand for a sequel to the first one. But it's out. And it's, it's better than the first, but still not you know a must purchase. Maybe they're just trying to keep Mark Cerny happy, <laughs> you know. Because <laughs> I got to be honest with you, I, it sounded like we were putting Mark Cerny down there. Believe me, we're not. The Mark no. Cerny is he's brilliant. Um, he's a he's a fantastic uh, guy. He's just not the. Uh, he's gotten some criticism as not the guy you put on stage because you know he's very he's a very technical kind of brilliant guy, and he's not the guy you put in front of people to talk. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, let's move on to. Uh, those are the kind of the two big releases. We're going to talk about some other releases now that we're actually playing. And let's uh, let's talk about one that I have been completely obsessed with, as I knew I would. And thankfully, you picked it up as well. So we'll be playing it together here shortly. But that's Everybody's Golf. Um, Everybody's Golf is the, uh, for those in the States here who don't know, is the Hot Shots Golf franchise. It's been around for a very long number of years. I believe it started on PlayStation 2, I believe, originally. <clears throat> and... Um, you know, it's been on everything from the PSP, and the, the Vita version was the most recent release. So it's actually been a number of years since we saw a new Hot Shots Golf. Uh, what they did here was they called it Everybody's Golf because that's what it was called in Japan. So rather than continue to have two different names worldwide, they just kind of combined it into one name. And I will just say right off the bat, I've been playing it all week pretty much nonstop. It's fantastic. Um, everything you love about Hot Shots Golf is there and more. It's got more characters. You can actually customize your own character with, you know, hundreds or even thousands of options now. Uh, it's got a little world that you can run around in. You can go fishing. You can drive golf carts. Um, and then you can even play online. So it's got, uh, you know, it's got full online play where you're like uh, Bert and I or you and your friends could play together uh, either privately or then you can play um, online against other people, daily challenges. And then it's... Um, you can tell I'm excited about it because I'm rambling, but uh, one of the neat modes about it too is uh, called Turf War um, Online, where you go in, you get assigned to either a red or blue team, and then it's a 10-minute match where the players on each team just run around five holes and basically play the holes in any order they want, and it kind of uh, gives points to each team based on how you do on the holes, and then at the end of the 10 minutes, it tells you who won. So there's all kinds of neat features in the game, and uh, it's... It's definitely been my favorite thing I've been playing in a, little, in a while. Man, you're, you're going to give away our full review already with that. <laughs> I can't help it. You saw how, how excited I got talking about it. I love those games. Yeah. The easiest way I can say it is if you have ever found golf boring, if you don't like watching golf on TV, if you don't like playing it, you have to play this game. And the reason I say that is because it's found a way to make a game that is really only enjoyed by the, the hardcore people golf that play golf. Um, it's found a way to make it fun. And there's so much charm to this game. Uh, the production value is beyond AAA, in my opinion. It is awesome. Um, you just get in there. Even the tutorial was fun. I had a good time, and it was funny um, just playing the tutorial. And then once you get on the course, it's even funner. So um, 
you'll see our video review and our written review for this coming out here in the next, uh, I don't know, week or two. Um, but if you haven't picked it up, rent it. And I would actually just suggest purchasing it. It's only $39.99. It's not expensive. So it's a must play. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely be doing a review on it, as Bert said. And um, uh, oh, one other note on it is if you do have a PlayStation 4 Pro, um, it has HDR and 4K support. Uh, you can choose to play in 60 frames, but I wouldn't recommend it. It really makes almost no difference whatsoever in the gameplay. And the 4K mode is gorgeous. Uh, it's probably the most, even though it has kind of the anime look and the characters and everything, the actual golf courses and the grass and the trees and the lighting and the water, probably the most gorgeous golf game I've ever played. So it, it has that fantastic combination, as Bert was saying, of being fun and enjoyable and and charming uh, while still giving you like a fantastic golf experience too. So it's, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it, but our review will be coming uh, in the near future. So um, <clears throat> sticking with the PlayStation 4 then, another huge release since we last spoke was Uncharted Lost Legacy. So I started playing that as well. I'm not too far into it, so I can't really comment on uh, kind of the entire package at the moment. But it is gorgeous, again, playing it in 4K and HDR on the Pro. Uh, it's a gorgeous game. It's well-written, as you would expect from Naughty Dog. The production values are just as high as you would you know, typically expect or see, similar to Uncharted 4. And uh, I'm, I'm starting to warm up to the characters. I, I believe, Bird, I told you that um, you know, uh, Chloe is, is kind of funny, kind of charming. Um, but I, I do get the sense that I'm missing kind of Drake. You know, I, I, maybe I mentally associate Uncharted with, with Nathan Drake, um, but I miss his kind of banter and, and humor and Sully and things. But uh, so far, the game has been everything you expect from an Uncharted game, so I'm really enjoying that one. Yeah, I can't wait to play it. It's in the mail for me. I, uh, I thought it was in the mail for me earlier, but it was an auction that I lost. <laughs> so um, I actually <laughs> did win the auction, and it gets here Monday, so I can't wait to play it. And from what I hear from a lot of people, not just big reviews, is that it's their favorite Uncharted game from a game perspective. If you get really invested in characters, I'm, I'm also a big Nathan Drake fan, um, and Sully fan, for, for that matter. Um, it, it's the overall set pieces that you have are supposed to be the best, and the, the story... It's supposed to be amazing as well, and it's not a short game, so don't let that price throw you off here, even though it's not your full $59.99. Um, so I, I can't wait to play it. I'm, I'm a huge Uncharted fan, and can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, I have to applaud Sony on these, right, because um, they came in a good time. They came before the fall rush. Uh, when I say they, I'm talking about Everybody's Golf and Uncharted Lost Legacy. They both were retailed for $39.99, so I think from Amazon I got them for $31 or $32 uh, because they were even cheaper than just the 20% off. So, I mean, it's hard to argue with the content you're getting here for a $30 game, you know, with AAA production values from both of them. So, just fantastic. Um, one of the other uh, games I kind of came home to from vacation was uh, Marion Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle. And I was really looking forward to it after I kind of saw the videos. And I've been playing it quite a bit. Uh, um, in fact, I think I have more time into it than Uncharted. I've really been enjoying it. It's, uh, again, you talk production values. It has those Nintendo production values. I've seen no hiccups, glitches. It's funny and cute and charming. It's actually got a really neat soundtrack. You know, as you're playing through the world, it, it sounds really good. Um, the graphics are beautiful. Um, I think I sent you some screenshots, Bert, um, that mm -hmm. I took of it because... I was kind of shocked, you know, people look at the Switch as kind of the uh, the weaker system, which it is from a hardware perspective, but uh, just playing it, you know, on my TV and, and um, on the OLED, the colors just pop off and uh, the animation's beautiful. So 
been a been a great game. I'm really uh, really liking that one as well. Did um, I don't think did you pick that one up, Bert? I can't remember. You're right. I have not picked it up yet. Um, my backlog is ridiculous, and this past <laughs> month I've been trying to catch up with a lot of it before playing the big ones like Uncharted <laughs> and uh, um, Mac Two. And oh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, no, so there's there's just so much that I'm trying to catch up with. And I actually, my Switch has been in like a hibernation mode pretty much. I've, I've kind of like backed off the Switch hype just a bit until Mario comes out, I think. Um, I just have not turned it on and played a lot of it. There's been so much stuff on PlayStation and, and uh, Microsoft right now that I've just been playing. And I've been playing more PC now than I used to. Um, so no, I, but it is, it is something I have to buy. And one thing that's just crazy about Nintendo is they're always kind of launching at a weird time with their hardware. And for some reason, their visuals always still look amazing, regardless of when they launch and regardless of what game system it is. So got to love their stuff when it's, that's why Nintendo has that rabid, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> Jesus. That, that, uh, <laughs> that rabid, uh, fan base. So, uh, I think you're going to have to edit that one out. I don't know if anyone's, <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, my switch was the same way. I took it with me on the trip to, uh, to England on those long flights. And I played a little Sonic mania. Actually, I, I bought that on the switch, which was fun and great throwback to the to classic Sonics. But, uh, it was this game that I was waiting for. And, and thankfully it's been really good. So, um, the only other thing I'm playing right now, uh, and I, I started in co-op with a buddy last night. I, I was a, uh, uh, initial supporter when it was in beta on the PC, which believe it or not is going back like four or five years now, but that's Path of Exile on the Xbox One. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with Path of Exile, just think Diablo clone. Um, and, and, you know, I shouldn't even have said the word clone there. That's not fair to Grinding Gear Games who make the game because it is a stunningly good action role-playing game. Many people, probably myself included, uh, feel that it's a better overall ARPG than Diablo 3. Um, it's uh, very well done, incredible character customization. The game is free. It's completely free to play, and it has no microtransactions that give you any, uh, any advantage in the game at all. It's all cosmetic. So um, the developer is fantastic. game's fantastic. If you haven't checked it out, please do. I do have some impressions on the site. If you're kind of curious about what the game entails, uh, you can find those on the site from the beta. But, um, yeah, just, just loving that, and I can see I'm going to pour a ton of time into that as well. Um, yeah, and wait, one thing I want to mention about that, Ains, and this is a, a positive towards the whole thing, is if you have played Diablo um, and you're going to love um, PoE, mainly because how deep the game gets. If, if you thought Diablo was too simple, which it's not um, from, you know, your upgrading perspective, PoE makes Diablo look like, you know, a Mario game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's um, nuts. Absolutely. Yeah, in fact, I was playing with the buddy last night who has himself put several hundred hours into Diablo 3, and the first probably couple hours we were playing, um, I found myself, we were we would just stop, and I would have to explain things over and over. Not over and over, but continually explain things um, to him about the way it works, because it's very unique with the way to do skills and loot and, and armor and stuff. So um, if you like that kind of game, especially if you're someone who likes to min-max and kind of even you know write out bills and calculate uh percentages and things path of exile is the game for you absolutely sounds like me yeah it sounds exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's those are what i've been playing um i was just going to comment on night trap because that did release and i am going to be playing that i think i'm actually going to stream it just for laughs um 
So I'll post on the site when I'm going to do that. I just haven't found time to do that yet since I just got back this week. But I think that'll be kind of funny to to stream Night Trap just for people who want to see what that game's all about. But uh, yeah, I think else? that's one of your. That's, I think that's the collectible I was thinking that you got. So since we're not doing collectibles today, that's something that you did get. That's a lot of fun. So yeah, that's right. I didn't even that. think about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one I couldn't think of. There it is. <laughs> um, so what else? Uh, you been playing anything else that we didn't touch on? Yeah, so I weird weirdly enough, I went back to Injustice 2 and I've been playing that nonstop and I have just I don't know if I have like an addiction to gear now or something or or what, but I play <laughs> yes. all the challenges. See? I got loot. It'll get you every time. Right. I mean, I'm, it, it's bad. I've been going to the multiverse literally every single day and I complete the challenges for that specific day and then I jump to something else. Um, the games that I'm playing now is obviously F1 2017. I'm trying to, if you've been waiting on a review for that, I know everybody's just waiting for me to do that review, obviously. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to get through the first career um, season of that before I post a fair review of uh, F1 2017. And to give you an idea of how long it takes to do just, I believe it's 25% of a normal race. It takes about an hour and a half to two hours, including practice and qualifying. So that's been taking up a lot of my time and destroying my fingers from just holding onto the controller and, you know, breaking and changing gears and stuff. Um, and now everybody's golf, um, which we've, we've touched on already. Um, and I've, I've touched on a few of the older PC titles from the origin uh, version of EA Access. So I went back and tried Battlefield 1 on PC, and it's uh, addictive as ever. Um, so those are my big games right now. Um, there's so much coming out and, and other things that I, I did finish uh, the Telltale Game of Thrones game. So it kind of shows you how far I went back to backlog. That was a lot of fun. And I think that was just from my uh, Game of Thrones season ending uh, remorse, just that we're not going to have another season for <laughs> another year to a year and a half uh, for that. So I had to go back and play some of that. And that was fun. But um, what are you playing? Yeah, no, I... I uh... I think I touched on everything actually between Path of Exile, Mario Rabbids, uh, Everybody's Golf, Uncharted, and then um, I already uh, pre-ordered and installed Cuphead, so uh, that's oh. it's already pinned to my homepage and I'm ready and roaring to go. So uh, with PAX West having happened uh, last week and uh, journalists getting to play um, Cuphead and the one journalist who is now rather uh, infamous across social media for the video game industry for having played Cuphead for 24 minutes and not getting anywhere. Um, I'm just, I'm, I've mentioned before that I love a challenge. I love shooters and anything that'll just kind of beat you down and you have to overcome, I'm all about it. So the more I hear about how hard this game is, the more I want it. Um, so I think now, honestly, it may be my most anticipated title for the fall because I, I just can't wait to play it. Yep, I can't wait for the co-op um, update to come out for that because it'd be fun to try it together. But yeah, yeah, definitely fun to try it single player first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just for those listening, yeah, they've confirmed there's no online co-op at launch for Cuphead. There's only couch co-op. So they're hopefully going to add that in the future. But um, I wonder if it has something to do with, not that other games haven't solved for this, of course, but they're a small development studio, like very small. Um, so I don't know if they couldn't get over maybe the latency, possibly, you know, online. Uh, to get a, a decent netcode in place where uh, you could play a game that required such kind of Twitch precision, um, you know, o online. I don't really know. I don't want to speak for them, but. Yeah, and I liked your article on Cuphead as well. So if you're if you're kind of on the fence of Cuphead and want to know more about it, we do have an article up on it too. Oh, yeah. 
See, I didn't even think about it. Um, yeah, so I put up a, a small article earlier this week talking about reasons uh, to be excited for Cuphead. And in that article are a few things that you may find interesting, including um, a panel they did on the animation process, uh, which is obviously really unique. Some of the reasons uh, behind why they made the game they did. And then also some links to where you can find Cuphead merchandise and some other info about the game. So yeah, check that out if, uh, if you're interested in Cuphead. All right, so... Um, we didn't really have a, a huge main topic this week that we were going to cover for you. We're going to be doing a, a, a new season gaming conversation next weekend, most likely with uh, Jordan Simmons, where we kind of cover a larger topic at length. Um, but we were going to touch on this week, kind of just the fall releases since we're in September now and we're, we're getting ready to ramp up to where all the major games hit. We were going to kind of talk about the, the ones that we think are going to be the, um, you know, obviously the blockbusters and the largest selling ones this fall, but also some of the possibly big name games that are coming, but just due to the sheer number of releases we see every fall now, may not sell very well. Um, we see that every fall, you know, last year we were talking about and we talked about through this year, um, Dishonored 2 and uh, what was it, Watch Dogs 2 is two big yeah. examples of games that, you know, highly uh, reviewed. In fact, Dishonored 2 got a lot of Game of the Year conversation, but neither of them sold very well, especially not as well as uh, Bethesda and Ubisoft were hoping. So, um, you know, we we kind of had our first big release just this week with Destiny 2. We already touched on it. It goes without saying that game has probably already sold millions and millions of copies. I, it won't surprise me at all to see that it sold 10 million here probably before the end of the year. Um, but, uh, but next on the horizon, you know, from... I don't know if I'd call it a major release, but uh, you know, in September, I think. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we have uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is coming, and then uh, Cuphead's coming on September 29th as well. So I don't know. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom has kind of been hit or miss, I think. Right? Usually, there's a lot more excitement for those games, but I think even maybe hardcore fans are a little kind of um, wary of of that release. I'm not really hearing a lot about it. Are you? No, I'm not hearing a lot about it, mainly from the, um, I guess, the professional fighting games uh, community. I think they, if you remember Marvel vs. Capcom 1, or sorry, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was massive at um, at the, the fighting competitions, and so is Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Those are, like, massive uh, games that are, every single year, there's, you know, big lines and people are watching it like crazy. This one, I'm not seeing the same hype. Um, and at the same time, I think that with all the Marvel movies that are coming out, I think a lot of people will pick it up, but it won't last long in people's library for something that they continue to play for the long term. Um, I think it'll still sell okay. I don't think it'll sell amazing from a fighting game perspective. So it's really impossible to put, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite against like a Destiny or something. But if you kind of, you know, put it in reference or in context to other fighting games, I don't think it's going to sell that well. I think Injustice 2 will sell more in the long run for, you know, 2017, um, even though it's releasing later. But um, I don't know. There's just not the hype behind this one that we usually see for the Marvel vs. Capcom series. And I think it's because they changed a lot. They took a lot of characters out. Um, and the game's more of a casual experience versus a deep, hardcore experience for people that can come in and play casually, but also want to spend time on a on a on a triple, um, sorry, a, a trio of fighters and make it a deep game and have all kinds of crazy combos and stuff. I just don't see that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I just haven't gotten the sense uh, the same same exact thing you said. I haven't gotten the sense that that's going to be a huge one. Um, 
Relating to Cuphead, and I don't want to keep going on about Cuphead, um, but it has it's caught in such uh, positive press, and it's been coming for so long that I know the Xbox community is really pumped about it. Um, but it's you know people forget it's also going to be playable on PC. Uh, it's uh, for sale on Steam. It's for sale on uh, Green Man Gaming and GOG and and all those uh, uh, PC platforms as well. And it's it's getting a lot of exposure in that area as well. So while it's a small game, it's just a twenty dollar indie title. Um, it won't surprise me at all to see this game sell millions of copies, and I obviously hope it does. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that one turns out. Um, <clears throat> going into October, so October brings us, uh, you know, some of the larger titles is where we start to ramp up. So we've got our racing titles coming in October, so that's Forza Motorsport 7 and GT Sport. So on those, it's going to be interesting as well, because and we've talked about this before, but with so many kind of hardcore Xbox guys moving to the Xbox One X in November, I know you and I, and I've seen plenty of other people say the same thing, that they're not buying Forza Motorsport 7 at launch because we're waiting until we get the Xbox One X a month later to kind of jump into it. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, fares at launch. Yeah, so I have a, an update on that. I'm actually buying it at launch, but probably not playing it until November. God, I want to just ruined the whole segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I'm buying it at launch because I want to take advantage of the Amazon pricing on the Ultimate Edition because I, I usually do the Ultimate Editions for all Forzas, and I want to pay $79.99 instead of $99.99 in November, so I want to save that $20. Bucks. Um, I probably won't play it, until November, so it'll still be in the plastic and in, in there because um, I really want to see it in 4K 60 frames. So, uh, but yeah, and one thing on this on the racing title thing. So for people that aren't very aware of of how these sell, so Forza sells a lot more stateside than Gran Turismo does, but outside of the United States, Gran Turismo sells crazy. Um, so Europe, um, Japan. Um, their numbers are just nuts. Now I know that uh, Forza is doing a lot more marketing in Europe um, in those and and the Japan region, and you can kind of see that marketing already just by the kind of crazy and hilarious trailers that are out for the game already. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I do want to see what the numbers end up being like. You know, there is the hardcore Gran Turismo fan that has literally avoided all racing games this entire generation because they're waiting for Gran Turismo. And we are now on our, let's see, five, six. This will be the third motorsport uh, game from Forza on Xbox One. And there's already been two Horizons or one Horizon on Xbox One. No, two Horizons on Xbox One. Two, yeah, so, two. Um, so kind of nuts that in that span of time, we've had five titles uh, come out for uh, Xbox One that are next generation um, experiences. And on Sony, we've had one Gran Turismo. So. And it and it's uh, you know again I don't want to harp on GT Sport but as a car guy um, it just it doesn't seem to do it for me anymore especially when you even look at just the content that's coming so we won't harp on that again but no. yeah. it is uh, it is coming in October as well I believe October seventeenth I'm going yes. off me okay I'm going mm -hmm. off memory there uh, it does have uh, pro support so you know it'll uh, run in a uh, up up resed or checkerboarded 4K um, I don't know if that's confirmed at 60 do you it is confirmed at 60, but it yeah. is not a checkerported uh, 4K, actually. It's only running at 1440. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate that. It's not that. full 4K, and, and you shouldn't be seeing native 4K anywhere from, from Sony on this one. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, to your point, I mean, obviously, in Japan, it's got the market locked up, right? Because yep. there is no, <laughs> there are very little Xbox presence over there. So, mm -hmm. um, 
I don't want to overlook uh, for the car guys uh, like us who who listen. I don't want to lo- overlook Project Cars too either. Um, I don't have the release date in front of me, but that is coming. It looks to be a huge improvement over Project Cars One. Development team is very dedicated, and uh, it's uh, most notable in terms of content is it's going to have the most tracks of any of these games. So it's going to have sixty real world locations. Uh, including a bunch of tracks that you don't see in Forza Motorsport or GT Sport. So um, I know Project Cars kind of has its own following as well. There's people who really dug that game, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if that uh, if really makes the improvements that it looks to have done. But that's coming as well. And did yeah, you so, to, oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, did you happen to look up the release date by chance? I did, and I don't know how this snuck by me. It is September 22nd, so it's right around the corner. Um, uh, literally two weeks from now. I don't know. I even did a, a video on September releases and it wasn't in there. Uh, maybe mm. they changed release dates or something, but I don't know how I missed it because it's it's on my radar because I want to see what it offers. Apparently their development team went hardcore into part two. Um, so it, it looks cool. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be following that. I'm, I'm kind of ashamed that uh, we didn't mention that earlier. So apologize on that one, guys. Um, so then uh, later in October 2 is uh, one of the other big releases getting a lot of press, both good and bad for various reasons, is Shadow of War. So follow-up to uh, Shadow of Mordor, which was uh, you know Game of the Year contender when it released and a lot of big uh, fans of that game. But this one looks to kind of expand upon it again, bigger and better. Um, larger scale battles, uh, you know, just deeper play, bigger story. Uh, it's, uh, I believe Microsoft has the marketing rights to it, so you're seeing it with a lot of Xbox-related things, and it's going to be a showcase, apparently, for Xbox One X as well when November hits, but that comes out later in October. So uh, I think you're more experienced in that series than I am, Bert. You really like Shadow of Mordor, I recall. Yeah, I love Shadow of Mordor, um, and I'm actually still very into Shadow of War. Um, but the, their microtransactions, and they've gotten some horrible press lately. Um, so I have no idea if they're going to sell well. There is a pretty big community from the first one that did um, play it. And if you remember, PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation Store and Xbox Live Marketplace have had ridiculous sales on the first title. I mean, we're looking at $10 um, for the entire first game and all DLC included. So they're really pushing it. Um, I just don't know if, you know, Lord of the Rings in general has kind of come and gone um, to another area where people just aren't really that interested in it anymore. But uh, I think it'll sell well. I just don't think it'll sell amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think we really know. Um, One in October that I think will sell well um, because it's getting a lot of positive press. They took a year off. It looks like they've done that for the right reasons. They're coming back with a much deeper, bigger experience, it seems. And, um, it just looks like this is the game that their fans have been waiting for, and that's Assassin Creed, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, it's getting support for you know uh, the highest capabilities on Xbox One X and PS4 Pro support and PC, and uh, the world looks huge. The side missions are said to take inspiration from The Witcher, uh, which is obviously a very good thing. And uh, it just it looks great. I don't know if I'm going to buy it on day one again, just due to the fall releases. But I think from a sales perspective, it'll probably uh, do really well. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. That, that's going to be a fun game in general. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm just not sure if I'm buying it at launch, which is kind of unfortunate. We always have the kind of the weird conversation is, do we want to wait till all the glitches are out? And, uh, you know, a developer in general has kind of a bad record for launching just <laughs> glitchable games at launch. So I and plus the the world that they have in this game is just something I'm very interested in. So knowing yeah, me, I'll probably buy it a launch. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, it looks uh, it looks beautiful and it looks uh, really deep too, which is great. Um, <clears throat> 
So one that you'll obviously comment more on than me. We always joke about it, but uh, I think it will sell well because it's been a long time coming, and and the fans of the series are obviously pretty dedicated, and it obviously offers something unique in gaming, right? So that is uh, South Park, the Fracture Butthole. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're looking forward to it. You'll be there on day one, I'm assuming. Um, it, it, I almost, I actually almost ordered the collector's edition, which is a remote control <laughs> Cartman on a tricycle. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately I didn't order it because I have a hard time paying $180 for collector's editions that are simply like a car or an RC car and I stayed away from it but I did get the limited edition which is right below it that has the, a discount on the season pass for it and uh, they were in the press this week for kind of a hilarious reason um, I'm not sure if it's <laughs> uh, good or bad. It depends on how you view the situation. But the the darker you make your uh, custom character, the harder the game is for you. Um, <laughs> a little race uh, in there, but South Park's known to kind of play with headlines and stuff these days, and that's kind of their thing. Um, and the way it affects your character in the game is the difficulty of the character is a little harder, but you also get less money. <laughs> Um, from from missions and stuff. And so that's just their slider for a harder difficulty, which is typical in most games. Yes, when you play a harder um, action RPG or RPG, the enemies are harder and you do get less XP or less currency from the game. But the fact that they do it based on what color you are, um, you can take that any way you want, but it's it's typical South Park. And I, I applaud them for it in kind of a funny way, but they are really cutting that line for some people to get really upset from it. So, but people get upset about South Park all the time. So. Yeah, no, I I think um, in this case, it's uh, you know any press is good press. I think this actually benefits yeah. them. I've seen a lot of comments on Reddit in particular from uh, <laughs> guys who have admittedly said they're black and they're like, "This is hilarious. I'm buying it now." Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I think it's great. And, and obviously the reason I'm not buying it is because I'm such a ghost that the game would be far too easy and I like a challenge. So now I have an excuse as to why uh, I'm not buying it. Yeah, my brownness will, will come out in the game, I guess. If, you know, <laughs> Maybe I'm right in the middle. Maybe I'm, I'll be... Yeah, you're, I'm you're, you're probably the average slider right there. Yeah, yeah. there you have it. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, me, it's like, you know, it, it Connect picks me up on camera and the slider just shoots to the yeah, left. Like, that's you know. right. Maybe um, the Kinect won't even pick you up. It's like way, way <laughs> bent, into the, bent into the cloud background or something. <laughs> Who is playing this game? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so there's a few more October releases. October is a real busy month, but uh, these are ones that we are concerned that may get overlooked. We, I think we agree on these two. Um, you can tell me if you don't, Bert, but I think these two are the ones where we said where they both look fantastic. Um, I'll probably end up with both of them. Um, even probably uh, the one on launch day. But Evil, Evil Within 2 is coming Friday, October 13th. And then uh, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, I believe that's coming later in October, if you wouldn't mind checking that out. But I, I forget the release date off the top of my head. Uh, actually, it's October 27th. I know that. Um, but uh, yeah, two weeks apart. Um, in the case of Evil Within 2, I think that may be in better shape because it's earlier in October. It comes out Friday the 13th. It's a horror game, which, you know, there aren't very many high-profile survival survival horror games. Man, I can't speak today. Um, and people like you and I who love that genre, you know, will probably purchase that because we enjoy it so much. Um, Wolfenstein 2 looks absolutely bonkers. I applaud everything they're doing with the game. But it comes out on October 27th, the same day as Mario Odyssey, which they couldn't be further apart in terms of games. Um, but there's just 
you know, a mainline Mario game on a new platform is always just, yeah, it'll be almost an instant classic. You know, I, I don't think anyone is betting against it being a classic game for all time. And uh, that's what people are going to be playing, myself included. So I, I don't see myself picking up Wolfenstein uh, at launch. Yeah, I would almost question the release date, to be honest with you. Mario is going to steal every single headline that week. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. And it's it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Dishonored 2, Watch Dogs 2, and the other one we missed initially was Titanfall 2. These all Correct. released at the worst times, and they got kind of uh, you know shoved aside for your Call of Duties, your Battlefield 1s, etc., and uh, they are AAA experiences, AAA studios. There's tons of budget added to it, and um, we were going to get something good out of them. We just, unfortunately, uh, we feel that they may not do as good as they should. Um, but maybe people will pick this up later at a discounted rate when they get through the big titles that are coming out in the fall. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I hope so, um, because it, it looks great. And then the other one that's releasing on the same day is uh, Assassin's Creed, actually. Um, I just think Assassin's Creed has been, uh, it has such a huge fan base and it's, uh, people have been waiting for it and it's getting such positive press. I think people are going to buy that one anyway, even with Mario on the same day. So, and of course, you know, um, there's many, many more um, Xbox and PS4 players than there are Switch players, right? So um, I think that that'll sell well regardless, but uh, a few other titles. So um I forget the release date on this one as well. I'm doing terrible with release dates. Uh, I should have given myself better notes, so I apologize. But uh, is Dishonored Death of the Outsider. So originally, um, kind of people thought this was a, an expansion for Dishonored 2. It is not. It's a standalone game. Um, has its own story. And again, you know, I have to wonder what Bethesda is doing here. They released Dishonored 2 last year to uh, Game of the Year talk, but it didn't sell well at all, given the release date. And here we are a year later with a kind of side story of Dishonor, not even the full sequel that people were waiting for, but a side story coming out in the same time frame with all these other major releases coming out. I, I just, I see this one getting overlooked easily. Yeah, that's the uh, 15th, by the way, um, of Thank September. You. So um, yeah, I did mention it in my release notes for the re release dates of September that it's, it's technically not an expansion in the sense to where you simply just download it. Um, and you have to have the base game to play it. Uh, it's a standalone title, and it'll have its own disc and everything. Um, and it is only twenty nine ninety nine, so it's there's supposed to be a ton of game in here. So we'll we'll see. If you like Dis Dishonored two, you're more than likely going to be playing this. If you didn't play Dishonored two um, or just had no interest, in it, you're more than likely not going to buy it. And with the way sales were of Dishonored two, um, there's probably not going to be a lot of purchases for it. So um it's supposed to be a great experience and it's on my two playlist but i, I personally haven't played it uh, have you i can't remember if you played this on or two no it's just one of those ones that i still haven't gotten to i really want to i was waiting um i know they added ps4 pro support on the playstation 4 version i was waiting to see if it ends up on the xbox one x enhanced list um because if it does you know you can get the game pretty cheap nowadays so i'll definitely pick that up and play it uh in the future but um supposed to be great but um yeah i just Maybe they're banking on it releasing soon here, you know, in September before, a little bit before the big games and being a cheaper title uh, to get better sales. But we'll see. I, I haven't seen a lot of a lot of press about it, you know, kind of in our talk about it. Um, we uh, one of the other big switch titles and just switch software in general, the attach rate has been so high that um, between that a bunch of new people getting a switch obviously come fall now that they're a little more available and it being pokemon um 
I foresee this one just selling gangbusters as well. And that's the, uh, the remake of the Wii U title, right? So that's a uh, pocket tournament. Um, I'm not too familiar with it. I'm not a big Pokemon guy and I didn't play it on the Wii U, so I can't speak too much to it, but all you really have to say is Pokemon switch and fall and you know, it's going to sell millions <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's uh, I do know a little bit about it. I'm also not a Pokemon uh, fan and I'm, I'm kind of a, and there we joke around the resident Nintendo guy here for to an extent, but it is literally just a fighter. Um, the, you, you pit uh, Pokemon against Pokemon and you literally button mash away similar to uh, smash brothers to an extent. The main differences here with this one is you do get two new fighters and all the textures and everything have been sharpened up and all previous DLC for it. So it is the deluxe version. I, I don't think it'll sell as much as Mario this fall, um, I think it'll sell very similar to the Mario Kart Deluxe version that came out last year. So people that did have a Wii U are probably going to buy it anyways because they Nintendo people buy everything that's Nintendo. Um, and then you will have the kids that have kind of grown up since that are Pokemon fanatics will pick it up for the fall. It'll be the first big selling um, Nintendo game for the fall, in my opinion. I think it'll do awesome. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, the other big seller kind of goes without saying, honestly, but we'll mention it anyway. Just a big fall seller is FIFA 18 is coming. Uh, it's the world, I believe, tell me if I'm wrong here, Bert, if you know, but I believe it's the best-selling sports game worldwide um, annually. Yep. Um, it's it's huge across the whole world. It sells big in the U.S., of course, but, I mean, in Europe, it's massive. Everywhere, it's massive. So Yeah, um, FIFA's in the top five overall sold games every single year, um, regardless of console. So if you were to mix multi-platform releases, um, it sells more. The only, funny enough, the only software game that sold more than FIFA last year was Grand Theft Auto V, which is a previous-gen <laughs> title that has been refreshed, and amazingly, I must say. But um, FIFA, the other weird thing about this one is that it's coming out even on previous-generation consoles. So PS3 and 360 also are getting a release. And when you add that into the mix, and that a lot of the uh, South American countries are not really big adopters for new technology, they are still playing on 360s and PS3, as well as other parts of the world. So with that game coming out there, add in Europe, add in Asian countries, uh, it's going to eclipse some pretty big numbers, I think. And add in uh, the Switch this year, too. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing about that that's weird is you're not getting the same experience on Switch. You're not right. getting the um, Xbox One PS4 experience or PC experience. You're getting a Switch experience. And I I haven't seen the comparisons uh, in full as to what they are, but obviously you're going to get a little downgraded in um, visual perspective. And I think the story is a little different on Switch than it is on the other consoles from a career perspective. But uh, they did. Uh, I did see some people that came out um, from E3 talking about it, and they said it's still a lot of fun. Um, so that'll be an important game for the Switch from a sports perspective. The only other one that is a sports title for the Switch this fall is NBA 2K. Um, and I don't really know how many Switch people are going to pick that up, to be honest. I don't I don't know. I, I, for all I know, it sells more than Mario. But um, you know, I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> no, so, no, it's not going yeah. to do that. But no, yeah, we don't know. I mean, Switch software has sold so well. Um, we're starting to see companies, you know... Um, what Nintendo uh, wants, of course, starting to see companies say, well, stuff is selling so well on the Switch that we'll bring this and we'll bring this and we'll bring this. So third-party support's definitely ramping up for the system, which is a great thing, honestly. Yeah, I I had no idea ARMS was going to sell as much as it did. I thought that was going to do maybe a million, maybe a million five. Um, No, it's way beyond that. So it's going nuts. 
and, and I'm laughing here, of course, but I may buy FIFA for the Switch because um, one, I you know, on the Xbox or PS4 version, we have EA Access, so I tend to play, if I do play it, I play it the following year for free on EA Access. But again, you know, it's just that convenience factor. You know, just playing a full sports game on the Switch when I'm out somewhere, um, running my kids around, or just somewhere, you know, where I'm not at home would be would be pretty cool. So. Uh, the last one we had here is, um, and, and, and to be honest with you, I don't know where it's going to land in terms of selling well or not selling well, is L.A. Noir. Well, we talked about the remaster coming. So um, it was unexpected, and um, I know people like myself and you are looking forward to it, but at the same time, it's it's a remaster that's coming at a time right in the middle of when everything's out. You know, it's November 14th, meaning that Call of Duty comes out the week prior. Um, and Star Wars Battlefront comes out later that week. So it seems kind of a, a bizarre release date for yeah. this game. Um, it definitely feels like it should have been a January, February type title, something early. But um, because I'm such a big fan, I'm going to buy it. But uh, just overall, I don't know how it's going to sell. But then it's freaking Rockstar. Um, they they do their own thing. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. we know what GTA Five is like. I, I, you know, I certainly don't see this uh, selling because of... Uh, um, the name like GTA does, but um, it'll be interesting to see if it does so well. Yeah, I'm actually, if I was to do a prediction, if I was a betting man, um, I would put it around 500K to 750K uh, units sold. I, I really don't think it's going to break a million, and I think the, the original that we both love didn't break very far either. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, I, I think it'll be under a million. I think it'll be for mainly the people that didn't play it, that wanted to give it a try, and for the people like us that want to play it again and a newer enhancement version will sell, but I don't think it's going to do that well at all. I think it's more of a novelty for the big fans. It's just fanfare. Yeah, I would actually bet, uh, just to add to that, I, I agree with what you said, and I bet it'll sell well on the Switch. So going back to what oh, we were yeah. just saying, uh, you've got that Nintendo fan base on the Switch that um, a lot of them are Nintendo hardcore, as you said. So they're not used to seeing Rockstar games on their platforms like that, uh, not heavily anyway. So to get L.A. Noir on uh, on the Switch and to also you know have unique functionality for the game on the Switch, I think that's pretty cool. I I may even pick up a copy. So <laughs> <laughs> I have may have two or I may have three copies by the time of the year of L.A. Noir. Oh man. All right. All right. Um, any other game I kind of overlooked? I, we we didn't touch on. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, there's three yeah, that we didn't say. touch on. That yeah. I mean, so and we can kind of tie it with this. So the games that we do know that are going to do yeah. just amazingly well uh, this fall, regardless, you, if you can definitely expect them to, I guess, break seven mil um, or, or more than that. Um, that's just seven mil maybe on Xbox, but I'm guessing fifteen mil uh, across cross platform. Um, first one is Call of Duty, World War II, and uh, the beta kind of left a bad taste in our mouth in general. Yeah. I hope that they update that. And funny enough, I got a survey request from them after doing the beta, and I, I was pretty blunt with honesty on, on what I thought. Obviously, I'm just another one of the million that's probably filling out a survey, but um, I'm not super excited for that game as, a, as I was before but it's still going to sell well. It just gets the Call of Duty name. And some people, that's all they play. They just play Call of Duty every year. They're just a one uh, title uh, game for them all year round. Well, and, and this has had so much positive press behind it too, you know, with the return to World War II, and I'm not even going to say the phrase that's used with it, but uh, just kind of that old school combat. Um, but as you mentioned, we both, we played it together, played in the beta, and, and both of us kind of came away less than impressed. I was really right. excited for it, and um, I'm... I'm not that anxious for it now. So it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, what the perception is. But as you said, it's Call of Duty. 
it's on every platform. It's going to sell millions and millions of copies without a doubt. So that goes without saying. Yeah, the other big one that has a movie coming out in December um, has a huge franchise that's being soaked to death, and you know they're like a a freaking lime or a lemon being squeezed to death. For the <laughs> I mean, it's it's so bad. Um, but you know. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Here we are. So this one is supposed to have a lot more content. It's supposed to have the a deeper game. Um, I tried to play Battlefront on PC and console recently, the original, and man, it is so bare. I mean, it is it's 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 bare not only from weapons and stuff, but when you're playing. I mean, even even when you aim down the sights, it's bare. You just have like a dot or something. It's it's so weird. Um, but it's Star Wars movies coming. The hype's crazy. The the content that they've advertised being free, people are gonna buy it. And um, it's another game that I bet you breaks twenty mil across yeah. all all cross platform and everywhere. Well, the first one, uh, if I recall, I, I think the last number I saw was thirteen million copies, but that was a while ago. So it wouldn't surprise me if the first one already passed fifteen million. And there's a lot more production value into this one, and a lot right. more people anecdotally anyway, um, that are going to pick it up. And when you combine that with, uh, you know, the, the new movie coming in the fall, I, I think it's going to, it's going to break records. It, this is going to be a ridiculous prediction. And people have said this every year that some game's going to do it and it never does, but it would not surprise me to see battlefront two sell more than call of duty this year. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think so, especially with no battlefield, um, this year, uh, to kind of combat it. Cause you know, you have the battlefield only and then the call of duty only, and there's very few people that play both. Um, with with fairness as, as to what they are, um, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see if the Star Wars dreams that I had as a kid are now tarnished over the next few years with nothing but <laughs> Star Wars content over and over and over. Yeah, they're milking um, it. We knew they would. You know, it's Disney. Yep, there you go. The last one that um, is coming out this year without a firm release date yet that I think is going to do really well for console is, is PUBG. We were talking about it earlier. Um, they have said that it is going to come out in 2017. Um, I think it'll probably come out late November. Uh, December is not a very big release date or release window for games and the gaming industry in general, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if it does come out in December, but I, I'm thinking late November, or it gets delayed to uh, 2018, which is potential. I think it's very probable that that may happen. But if it does come out on the console this year, I think people are gonna be getting it like crazy. Um, very similar to the PC uh, world. However, I mean, I'm not thinking, you know, Call of Duty or Battlefront numbers, but, you know, that game has surprised me a lot in general already. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it does bypass those numbers. So, yeah, I, we'll I think, yeah, I'm exactly the same thing you said. I, it'll be interesting to see if it does release in 2017. They apparently still have a lot of work to do, and being that we're in September already, that's that doesn't inspire confidence. But I think Microsoft also knows how big this game is for them. Um, especially with the Xbox One X coming this fall and, and really wanting to kind of uh, turn a corner on the Xbox One's perception around having exclusive games uh, and things to play on it. So this would go a long way to, uh, to helping that. And, um, you know, they've already said that they've sent developers and resources and they're, they're throwing their weight at it. So uh, I'm not going to doubt Microsoft's uh, ambition on this one but it'd be interesting to see i i know i'm very anxious for it i know we we've talked to a bunch of people that are anxious for it so if it does release this year in game preview i fully see them marketing it as such and i see it selling definitely a few million copies if nothing else so it'll be interesting yeah. funny enough we both haven't played it on pc but if that was to come out on 
Xbox One X, you know, next month or November, we would download that in two seconds and probably be playing it later today. So, oh yeah, yeah, it's one of my most anticipated games. I just yeah. I can't I can't play with controller on PC. There's no point in doing that. <laughs> I'll yeah. just uh, that's you know I'll get crushed. So, all right, um, I think that's about everything. Um, there's a few games we're worried about there, and it's a shame because there are a few good ones again. But um, big fall coming as always. So. Um, if there's something we overlooked or something that, uh, you know, some opinion you have about um, what game's going to sell well or not sell well, just uh, just let us know. But otherwise, we'll move on unless you had anything else to put on that topic, Bert. No, that's good. Yeah, and I'm interested to see for our, our listeners, um, you know, put in the comments maybe something that you're anticipating more than anything we've talked about. I'm curious to hear what, what it is. Um, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll pick it up as well. You know, we buy just about everything. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so uh, typically we'd move on to uh, what we call our collectible sex, uh, sessions where we, uh, sessions, collectible section, excuse me, where we uh, talk about things that Bert and I have picked up, you know, maybe some unboxings or something else we've done. Um, this week we uh, we have a few things on the site. So Bert actually just put up a video of the uh, Mass Effect Andromeda uh, CE. So the, um, what's the name of the vehicle? The Nomad, Bert, is it? Yeah, it is the Nomad, and I did do an unboxing for the 118th scale Nomad, which is the the basic diecast one. There's two of them. There's a collector's edition one, which is a RC car that you literally control with the remote. It's the same modeling, but it's a little bit bigger, and it's made out of plastic versus diecast. I went with the diecast one personally. So there's an unboxing. It's sitting right here for for people that did watch it, and I did mention it to be in our in our background. But it's awesome piece, uh, and I'm glad I bought it. Very good. So you can find that on our site, guys. Check that out. Um, otherwise, um, you know, I did an unboxing a, a short while ago just before I left for vacation on the, the Thunderjaw. So the Horizon Zero Dawn Collector's Edition, not the one that came with the game, but the one dedicated to the Thunderjaw statue. Uh, so you can find that out there as well. But otherwise, we're going to kind of move on past this section today because we didn't really have anything to show you on camera. The videos are kind of already out there, so you can feel free to check those out. Uh, so we'll move on to one of our favorite sections we have every time, um, and that is season reflections. So we're going to talk about our classic games or one classic game that we love and whether it's still playable today. And, uh, Bert, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, it's the season reflections. <laughs> wait, wait, no, what was that? That's I, I prefer the singing Bert to that one. Uh, i got to change it up sometimes. That's... <laughs> Horrible movie voice. I don't know what that is, actually. Take it back. It's getting edited. Maybe not. Um, all right. So my season reflection is Project Gotham Racing 2 for the original Xbox. Now, I still play this game with my friends in a, in a four-player mode. Um, I'm actually probably going to do a some capture of it just to kind of show other people uh, what it is if you have this game. It's probably one of the funnest four-player couch co-op games that you can play um, if you play the game that I play. I mean, if you just race, and it, it's still great. Um, but this was probably my favorite racer of the original Xbox in general. Um, it had a great car list, great graphics at the time. It did have one of the better um, high-definition uh, updates for the uh, original Xbox than other games did. Um, and it had all the fun cars that people were talking about back in the day. So if you were to think of a, a racing game that had really good DLC content, uh, this did have amazing DLC content. You know, us being M3 guys, the M3 CSL was in the game. Um, a lot of the Porsches were in the game that are just a lot of fun and very sought after. Um, and there's just different great categories. I mean, you could race with SUVs in this game from like the Porsche Cayenne and other things like that. So a lot of fun. It's still very playable in my opinion. You can find this for like five to 10 bucks at your local used game store that does have a little bit of retro in there. Um, and then from the uh, video footage that you're seeing now, you should be able to kind of enjoy 
away the basics and, and the fun out of it. But like I said, I think in the future, I am going to do a capture of maybe even like a let's play from what me and my friends play. It's you can play it for hours um, and have a, a blast with it. So I think Ains, when you were in town and we tried a little bit, it's like my version of cat and mouse or the, what I call the, the slow car versus the fast car is what I called it. And it was, I think we had a good time. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fantastic game. I used to play it uh, years ago when it came out because it had Xbox Live functionality as well. Yep. Um, so I used to play it online and race, and it was just, it was one of the best racing games of the time. And as you said, we still have a ball playing it um, in person and co-op. So yeah, that would be pretty cool if you did a video of that for the site. I think that sure. would be, uh, people get a kick out of that. Yep. What's um, yours this week? So mine is uh, going way back. So I just happen to have my Sega Master System in the box here sitting behind me. So this game was an arcade game. Um, everyone who has been gaming as long as we have knows the game. I just happened to pick this one up because of the Master System behind me, and that is Double Dragon. So if you really want to go back to kind of the, the core beat-em-ups or brawlers, um, Double Dragon is kind of the uh, one of the most well-known of all time in that, in that arena. Um, it was a great game simply because it uh, you played co-op. So you grabbed a buddy and you just went through and just beat a whole lot of people up. That's about the gist of the game. There's not much else you need to know about it. That's what you did. Um, it was on, what, every platform, right? It was in the arcade. Oh, it was on Master System. It was on the NES, obviously. Um, and it, it still resonates today. There's been updated ones. I think there was a Double Dragon, like, what, Neo or something for the Xbox 360. Um they still make versions of it, but uh, if you like uh, if you like classic beat 'em ups, you probably already know Double Dragon. You've probably played it. If for some reason you're younger and you're getting in the beat 'em ups now, you know Streets of Rage, Final Fight, even things like Golden Axe. Uh, I did River City Ransom not too long ago on one of these bitcasts, but uh, you definitely got to go back and uh, and pay the uh, play the king, uh, which is Double Dragon. So yeah, there was even a there was even a horrible movie. That came out of Double Dragon. Oh, yeah, there was. That's right. So bad. Why? Why did you make me think of that? That's horrible. All right, gotta erase that from the memory now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it's almost as bad as uh, what the Mario, the Super Mario movie. Gosh, bad. But anyway, uh, fun game, playable today. I mean, it is if you enjoyed that type of game. You know, if you like an old school brawler, sure, throw it in and have some fun with a buddy. But otherwise, no, it's it's pretty dated. There's not a lot of depth to it. You don't really do any character building or anything of that nature. It's purely just jump in and beat some guys up. So <laughs> I'm not going to recommend it for that sense, but it is funny to look back on nowadays. Yeah, which which has me thinking, what was the game you did last time? Was it... Um, River City Ransom? River City Ransom, yeah. So you yeah. like those, those beat-em-up games. Oh, is, I love them, man. The co-op. Yeah, so much fun. Because back when you were younger, right, there was no online. So we would always just sit around, me and my friends, and play games. that, And the games that you could actually play together like that um, were just... They were fun. So... Speaking of River City Ransom, have you seen the Switch version of it? It's available on Switch now as a as a virtual console thing. You can pick it up. It's pretty, what the original good. River City Ransom? I think it's a I think it's a newer version of it, but it's it's actually seen as like one of the funnest games to play on the Switch. So, all right, well we can uh, we can probably go ahead and close there because I've got a game to go play. <laughs> So, um, no, I'm definitely going to check that out. I did not know that. I must have missed. Yeah, the I must. One, so. Unless I was high or something at the time when I saw it. I believe it is out there. So there's a 50-50 chance. Got it. Yeah, 50-50. Um, all right. My um, eyes red? Is there still red? No? Okay, good. All right. All right. So moving on. Um, 
we're we're coming off the rails here. So <laughs> let's uh let's close it out for this big cast. Um as always, guys, really appreciate you watching, really appreciate you listening. God, I cannot speak today. Um, <clears throat> we have some we have some new things on the site. Like we mentioned, uh, we have a couple unboxings up there um, on our YouTube channel. You can find them and and on the site. Uh, I put up that preview of uh, Cuphead, like I said, so check that out if you're excited for the game. We didn't talk about the game this week. Uh, we did prior, but I put my review up for Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, sorry, I didn't get that up sooner. Like I said, I was kind of away for two weeks and really out of the pocket in Europe, so I didn't get that up sooner, but it is up now. Um, if you haven't played it, um, I think you should. It's it's definitely a game that you should experience. It's it's unique and, and very well done, so check out my review on that. Um, we're going to have reviews coming. We have a couple kind of in the pipeline. We're still working on The Long Dark. Uh, it's something we mentioned a few weeks ago or several weeks ago that we've been playing. We've been playing it since pre-release, um, but I wanted to get some extra time into it because you can play it in a couple different ways. And I've also played it on, on both Xbox and PlayStation, so we're going to be getting that one up soon. And as Bert mentioned, too, he's working on a, a review for Formula One 2017. Um, and the, I believe, Bert, you also have a video up of a comparison from 2015 to 2017 of that game, right? Yeah, so I did want to, the, the whole point of that comparison <laughs> was to kind of show the evolution of where we've come with the current gen consoles of the F1 title. So there's been a lot of changes on it. So if you're interested in what those are, I mean, a lot of the game is, is very similar, but there's a lot of changes to the cockpit view, to the textures in the background. Um, and if we could capture well in 4K, I'd show you how amazing F1 2017 looks on the PS4 Pro, but it's the capture abilities are just not that good, and a lot of people don't have good bandwidth to view true 4K anyway, so we haven't quite invested in that. Um, but one thing I do want to mention is just keep in mind, we're not a review site. We, we try to have these reviews up as, many, as much as we can, but we do like to play the game in full to kind of give you very honest feedback on what we think about the game versus playing something for one to two hours and then saying, here's our review. Um, that's, not, that's not our style. So we hope you like the, the candid feedback on these games and a full experience when you read or watch our stuff. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you touched on that. So, um, yeah, to Bert's point, we we are gamers just like you guys, and uh, we get the games. Some we do get early, but we put a lot of time into them. Um, we <laughs> you could there's probably not a point in time other than when we're both sleeping where either Bert or I aren't at least one of us aren't online playing something. Um, so when we do a review, we kind of pick specific games we want to review, and we make sure we put a ton of time into them before writing those reviews. So we like to go into a little more depth. So that's why you may not find our reviews on day one like uh, other outlets is because, you know, they get a pre-release copy and play it for maybe a shorter period of time and then just make sure they have something up. You know, we're, you're not going to uh, find that from us. So our, we actually have a review policy on the site if you want to learn more about uh, what we consider a review as well. Um, and then uh, we did mention as well, Bert, I believe that we're going to do a review for everybody's golf. Um, both loving that. So uh, already kind of started on that one. That should be coming in the next week or two. And then um, we uh, are going to do a new uh, season gaming conversation likely next week. So you can keep an eye out for that. Like we said, that's a, it's the same format as this in terms of uh, being a podcast that we do a video and podcast for. But um, it's a larger conversation on a, on a larger topic. So it's a singular topic that Bert and I will talk about along with Jordan Simmons, who usually joins us. And uh, you can look for that next week as well. Um, but other than that, as always, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm Porsche Power. Bert is Treb M3. Season Gaming, of course, you you know where to find that. And then we uh, we always promote our Facebook group. So if you want to chat with other kind of like-minded gamers that play everything and have an open mind, you can find us on Facebook under uh, the Season Gaming group. There's a link to that on our site as well. So that's about it for me. Anything last uh, 
thing to close out on, Bert? No, thanks for listening, guys. Even if you just listen audio-wise, it's a good thing to listen to if you're in the car, maybe at work, you just want something in your ear. We're on iTunes as well, SoundCloud, as Ames mentioned, and you can find us on there. And as always, we do appreciate your feedback, whether it's horrible or good feedback. We'd like to hear what you have to say. And if you have any new ideas for us or maybe anything you'd like to see from a written or video perspective, please let us know. We'd like to hear it. Good stuff. So thanks again, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.